Hey guys, welcome to the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. This show is for virtual bookkeepers who are starting, growing, and scaling online bookkeeping businesses. I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and see what we're talking about in today's episode. Well, 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 welcome back to the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. This week's episode is one I've been wanting to do for a really long time. As a business coach for emerging virtual bookkeepers, I get to have some pretty deep conversations with all sorts of service providers. And during those chats, both clients and colleagues alike share some of their challenges and their fears with me. And one of the challenges and even fears in some cases that we talk about a lot is around selling your services. And we all know that if you're not selling yourself and your services, you're not making any money in this business. During this episode, my guest, client attraction slash sales coach, Leanne Heil, and I break down some of these challenges and how you too can overcome any fear you might have around selling. We also talked about how changing how you think about selling is absolutely critical for going from sales challenged to sales savvy. One of the things I've learned over the years is that when it comes to selling without feeling that sleazy feeling that happens to so many of us, having the ability to authentically share stories about yourself and your experience can help so, so much. Leanne demonstrates just how much by sharing how her experiences as a musician has helped her shape what she does as a client attraction coach. And there are so many gems in this one story alone that she shares with me that it makes this an episode you might want to listen to a few times over. This episode was so enlightening. I could spend an hour or more gushing about all the things we talked about. But instead of me going on and on just talking about it, I'm going to hush for now. And I'm going to let you take a listen and hear it all for yourself. So let's dive into episode 43 with the fairy godmother of sales, Leanne Heil. Hey, Leanne, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. I really, really appreciate you coming on to talk to our audience about all things like sales and marketing. I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah. So client attraction, I kind of like to also say client attraction is the, is a, a calmer way to think about sales. So that's, oh, I can't wait till we jump in because I love that. I absolutely, absolutely love that. And so I know we did an intro. We, we, we share with our audience some information that we have about you uh, before we jumped into our actual, actual interview, but I want to give you an opportunity to just share in your own words, tell the audience, tell our audience, our listeners who you are and who you serve. Okay. So I work with women entrepreneurs who own businesses and usually they're online businesses, not always, but most of the time I do have the occasional lawyer and accountant. I have a financial coach on my roster right now that I'm working with. So I'm excited to talk with you, but I do a lot of sales coaching and it's, it's based on client attraction techniques that are psychology based and they're authentic and they feel good. So one of the things I like to do for people is to figure out how they want to do business and then 
help them understand how they can do that. And with different tools, uh, it depends on the person, but I find that just one method doesn't always work for everyone, especially because there's a lot of different personality types and there's a lot of different people out there that want to do business and may not be a born salesperson. So when you think of born salespeople, salespeople are actually made, not born. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I like to think about sales in a different way. I like to think about sales as as helping. So I help people get clients and in your way, right? In your way. I love that. And so when you, when you speak to client, when you speak of sales and you use the term client attraction, as opposed to what? Can you help like just kind of maybe describe how most people think of sales besides the people think that you're born a born salesman? Like what do most people think sales really is? Most people think of ShamWow. Do you remember ShamWow? That ShamWow? Like that that guy that's like in your face or Uh a used car salesman that's really sleazy, that's trying to push you into something like, no, I'm just looking. No, really, you know, the rooms to go is that that way too. When you go into rooms to go, they're like, how can I help you? Well, I just want to look at your you know, recliners. Oh, well, we've got some great recliners. No, I really just wanted to look and maybe sit in them. Oh, well, let me sit in them for you. Right. There's this feeling of push, 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 push. When you think of sales, sales feels inauthentic to people okay, because it feels like it's manipulative. It's got a sleaze factor to it. It feels like you're pushing people into something they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think a client attraction is more you're showing them, hey, there is a problem here. There is something that you need to solve. And I'd love to show you how we can solve that together. And if I can't solve it for you, then I'll send you to somebody that can. Love that. Love that. And because so many in our audience, um, believe it or not, our audience is full of you know financial service providers, bookkeepers, accountants, and the such you know, we're, we tend to be really like introverted and used to being behind the scenes. And so when we decide to become entrepreneurs and uh, do this on our own and hang out our shingle to show my age and uh, using that, that terminology, it's difficult, right? To transition Mm -hmm. from being, you know, that behind the scenes person who's really like pushing out a bunch of work to not only having to do that part, but also be the front person, the face of our business. And what I find with a lot of my clients is they're just not showing up. <laughs> they're, they're just doing everything they can to avoid showing up and talking about their offers, talking about how they can help solve the problems that their potential clients, that people in their own audiences audiences actually have. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today. So I'm excited. I'm excited okay. about the conversation. But before we jump into the conversation any deeper, that's fine. On your um in your bio, you mentioned that you're a musician. And I want to hear more about that because my family is a family of musicians. And so I love meeting, I'm not a I don't consider myself a musician. I do sing a little, but I don't consider myself a musician per se. Like my sons play instruments. And I think you play the guitar. I actually play four instruments. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I play the piano, the guitar, the ukulele, believe it or not, and the mandolin. Oh my God. Now the mandolin, I'm not great at, I'm getting better at it, but I'm, I'm 
working at it. Um, my grandmother actually was a host of a radio show back in the 19, I think it was the twenties, 1920s. And she played requests and sang with her mandolin. And I have that mandolin that I've then inherited, which is a really cool piece of history, but I spent about 25 years as a professional musician. So I was in my own bands. I was in uh, party bands. I did a lot of corporate events, weddings. Um, I have some strange stories that are really funny stories. And I have some really weird stories when it comes to musician, but being a musician, you have the same issues that you do when you are Let's say you're an accountant, right? You want to play on stage, but you have to overcome the fear and you have to get good at playing on stage to be on stage. Mm-hmm. And you can't delay it forever because there's a show. Right? Yeah. When I mean, yeah. you're supposed to play this wedding, it's not like you can go, oh, I'll do it later, right? I'll, I'll figure it out later. And so one of the things that my music career has taught me is how to sort of feel that fear of it's not going to go as well as I think it is Mm -hmm. and do it anyway. And Mm -hmm. so that kind of brings me back to that point that you were making before about your audience being introverts. So let's talk about why, right? Why you might be and have some issues with hanging out your shingle, so to speak, or just saying, Hey, I've got something for sale. Mm -hmm. We are down deep. Like we have some fears. Everybody does. And one of those fears is the fear of failing. Mm -hmm. So we really don't want to feel like failures. Mm -hmm. And an accountant, a bookkeeper, a financial professional, if you feel like you're a financial aid person, for instance, in a college, Mm -hmm. you have a lot of risk aversion. Yep. Because we're taught that. We're we're taught taught, it. Right. We're taught that we're, we're supposed to be conservative. Yes. Right. We're supposed to avoid risk at mainly at all costs. Right. Yes. So when you talk about sales, that's a challenge for a lot of us. Yeah. So risk aversion is running your life Mm -hmm. and down deep. It's rooted in the fact that, you know, if you're an accountant, you need to make sure that your books balance, because if you're doing taxes for somebody and you do them wrong and they get audited, well, guess what? You're in trouble too, right? And you may be more in trouble than the the person is. So you've got to be risk averse when it comes to serving your client Mm -hmm. because it has to be done correctly. There can't be a bunch of mistakes, Mm -hmm. but in sales, the first thing you do pretty much is, is fail. I hate to say that, but people have to get out there and talk to a lot of people and you have to hear a lot of no's. So you, is, you have to fail. You have to, it's a part of the process. Much. Yeah. So okay. I'm of, I'm of the, I'm of the uh, school of thought of fail fast. Right. Mm-hmm. So what usually happens is we make a decision. We're going to, we're going to do this thing. We're going to sell this thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a long time between the decision and the action. Mm-hmm. And then a long time between the two there's mm-hmm. decision and there's action. You're going to take on it is the planning stage. Mm-hmm. And we love it. Mm-hmm. Because we're perfecting it, it's going to yes. be perfect. Yes, right? because so we're we can, trying to balance to the penny, y'all. Like, listen, yeah, yes, we're trying to get it to be exactly yes. balanced, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so everything must be perfect before we put it out there. Lawyers are this way too. I have some lawyers on my uh, coaching docket, and they're the same way. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure everything is perfect and every I is dotted and every T is crossed before we get to the action. Mm-hmm. So if you have a big delay between a decision and an action, it creates a bottleneck in your business. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's another decision that has to be made mm-hmm. after the action. Cause the action, maybe, it, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. You take an action, didn't work. Now you've got to make a new decision, but the length between the decision and the action is going to get longer every time. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. But, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So if you're, if you're taking, you're making a decision and you're taking action, you're taking it quick, then you can roll through those things that don't work really fast and you can evaluate. Mm-hmm. This is where I think financial professionals actually have a leg up because you are always evaluating your customers' books, their taxes, how well you can serve them. There's a lot of things going on there. Right. So evaluating what worked and what didn't in a very dispassionate way, mm-hmm. kind of objectively. Okay. I tried that. Didn't work. What didn't work? Well, it didn't work because I told the wrong people or I didn't do it long enough, or I had a couple of sales calls and they didn't go like I wanted to. Why? Mm-hmm. So assessing the reason that they didn't work, now we can make a new decision. Gotcha. Okay. And if we don't wait a long time before the action again, you can go through a lot of decisions and a lot of actions and get to what does work for you. And instead of getting caught up in that space of what didn't work and making it about my action was bad. Therefore I am bad. I am not good at this. Right. And allowing that to stop us or hinder us from making the next decision. Right. Exactly. So almost like you said, if I get in the beginning, like there are multiple decisions that need to be made through this process, but mm-hmm. in the beginning, you almost have to decide that despite what happens, you're going to keep moving forward. That has to almost be a conscious decision before you ever start. Right. Right. Because for the, for the first few, let's just say for the, maybe even the first couple of years in business, people here know a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go back to my music career. So when I I started, I started a new band, I was about 43 years old. It was like, like the fourth band I'd had. And I was starting fresh again. So we didn't have any fan base. I was pretty new to town. We'd just moved to Austin, uh, Texas, which is a big live music place. And I just formed a new band with a lady and a a guy and Mm -hmm. we'd started playing places and the places we played, there was no one there. Like you would play for tips, but no one was there. Uh My sister-in-law and her dog came (laughs) And we we got somebody to open for us She's on a couple- tipping you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're playing for tips, right? We're paying to park. We're hauling all our stuff in. We're setting up. We're playing, you know, playing our heart out. We're pretty good. I mean, I'm, I mean, I've had all this experience, so we're good. Mm-hmm. But nobody's there to hear us. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, it it it's kind of demoralizing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're paying to park. You're doing it over. Why are we doing this? And over. And you're thinking, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Why are we torturing ourselves? Mm-hmm. This is just a failure. We are utter failures. Mm-hmm. But we kept going. Mm-hmm. And we would have to get, sometimes we would have to get someone to open up for us in the in the not prime spots of the evening, even though there wasn't anybody there. But we would get the same guy that we just found off Craigslist. Mm -hmm. He was really nice. He was pretty good. He fit our genre of music. Mm -hmm. And then I, this, this, this spring, I think I was watching the show Yellowstone. I love that show. Okay. So (laughs) this spring I was watching the show Yellowstone and I turned to my husband and I said, I think that's John Bauman. Mm -hmm. And it was him. It was the guy that had opened for us in those empty rooms. Mm -hmm. 
his music had been licensed by Paramount. Wow. Or Yellowstone. Wow. I was like, now that didn't happen to me, right? I didn't get my music license for Yellowstone, mm-hmm. but we did have a lot of success. We were on Billboard charting. We we won a big uh, international music competition. Mm-hmm. We had marketing based on our music. I mean, it was really cool. We got a publisher yeah. and yeah. Um, people covered our stuff. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're thinking about your business, right, you don't always see that these failures on the front end mm-hmm. are setting you up for success later. Yeah. It feels just like everything is going wrong. You just keep hitting door after door after door. Yeah. And there's like seven no's in the first part of your business. It's like, no, I don't want to hear about anything you have to say. Say, I don't want to hear about what you have. I don't want to get your free thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you on the phone. I don't want to buy from you. Mm-hmm. I don't even want that thing that you have. Like there's so many things. I don't want, no, I, I don't want a sales call with you. No, I don't want it on the sales call. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want it on the sales call, but no, I'm going to ghost you afterwards. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want it after the sales call. No, it's not a good fit right now. There's like so many no's. Yeah, yeah. And that feels bad to someone that, that is risk averse. Right, right. So of course, you're going to think about sales being this thing that's creating a lot of pain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of failure and the feeling that not every I is dotted and every T is crossed and you are somehow, you missed the class. Yeah. You can't get the notes. Mm-hmm. there's a test you're not prepared for and it's here. Mm-hmm. So can we, when, when you say that, when you mentioned seven no's, right. Or, cause you hear that a lot. Like you, it takes seven touch points. It takes seven, you know, hits, it takes seven conversations or whatever. I think because we are, we're numbers people. <laughs> it, some of us believe that literally that's, we take that very literally. Right. Okay. So it's like, I, t- I did seven things. <laughs> I, I, I reached out seven times and they still didn't do it. So I must be doing something wrong. It must be, they don't like me or they don't like my, they don't like my service or I'm not a strong enough accountant or bookkeeper or whatever the case may be. And I don't, I, I just don't want anyone to think like it's, 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 it's this exact science, right? It's not. It's not. And I will say like some people, it goes really fast. Mm-hmm. Like you can get through these no's and, and the, the, it's almost like you're failing your way to success. So there's not a, a magic number that you're going to hit. So if you have three no's and then you're going to get a yes, there's not a lever to pull in entrepreneurship. Unfortunately, I wish there was. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we do when we're in school is we know, right? If we do these things in this order, we're going to get this diploma, this certification. I have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. If you do your thesis and you defend your thesis and you take your orals and you take your final exams, they're going to give you your degree if you finish all your coursework on time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at a certain level, right? You have to pass it at a certain level. Mm -hmm. That is an assured thing that's happening. And with entrepreneurship, there's a lot of uncertainty and being okay with it being uncertain is actually the key to success. Right. That's where it gets hard is because we have to lean into, are you going to be okay being uncomfortable long enough to figure it out and make it work? Mm -hmm. And can you be sufficient in yourself to know I am the best at what I do? My offers are absolutely stellar. 
People would be crazy to say no to me. I can create a client. I know I can create a client. Those are the thoughts that you have to, it's almost like you have to produce them mm-hmm. and they don't feel real. Right. Right. They feel like these fictional characters, especially when all of the chatter that you hear in this online space is all about, well, just when you talk about your ideal client, well, just make somebody up and just, what do you think that they look like? And, you know, you layer all of that on top of very logical, literal thinking folks. And it's like, it's something, there's a disconnect, right? And so it just doesn't feel real. Right. So when you think about too, like accountants and bookkeepers, everything you do, it has a concrete basis to it. Mm-hmm. So there's not a, there's not a, on the, the front end of this, you're not thinking, wow, I need to produce my own belief system mm-hmm. that I can get a client. Yeah. I need to believe it before it occurs. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard because it's not concrete. It's not right in front of you. Right. Right. So Which is why I think client attraction, when you use the, the, that terminology, it is so much it's, it lands for me it lands in a better place than just, you know, you got to get out there and sell, 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 instead of, you know, attract the types of people to you that who you really want to work with. And you own that process and you own, um, you, you're that kind of that tour guide taking them down the pathway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I liken this to like every day, there's somebody that comes by and knocks on my door to re-roof my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. There's usually multiple people certain days of the week, mm-hmm. right? Except if it's raining. And even sometimes when it's raining. Now we are leasing our house. So I can fortunately just say, hey, you know, <laughs> I'll give your card to the I'm really nice to them mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of people slamming doors in their face. Yeah. That's us. Don't right? you don't do you I, I respect like I don't want somebody knocking on my door all day. I will say that to be, you know, really clear and transparent, but I re- I have a respect. I have a, a level of respect mm-hmm. for door-to-door salespeople because you have to have some really tough skin <laughs> to do that. So, but but do, does anybody in your audience want to go door-to-door? No. And that's what a sales, the way that we're told to do sales feels like that. Yes. So if we took a step back and we thought, how can I create a client? How are clients created? Mm-hmm. Right. So let's just think if anybody has ever had a client in our audience, right? How are clients created? Mm-hmm. And I thought when I came into the online industry, I was just going to have clients out the door because I was so experienced. I thought, oh, I'm just going to skip the line. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had nobody. I think I signed one client and then I went with for like nine months without a client. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I've got to do something different here. How yes. are clients created? Mm-hmm. I thought clients are created through relationships. Mm-hmm. So I joined a couple of referral groups mm-hmm. and I made it a point to talk to as many people as I could mm-hmm. for a couple of months. And I just found out like, what were they doing? What was going on? And I was all about helping their businesses. So I wanted to make sure that I was finding out more about my client. So, mm-hmm. right. Cause it's hard to make somebody up if you don't know who they are and what they need. Yeah. So I just talked to people mm-hmm. and I thought if I can create a client just by talking to people and saying, Hey, this is what I do. I think I can help you. Mm-hmm. I started getting some traction. Now I didn't have traction immediately. 
Mm-hmm. I talked to, I think I talked to 30 people the first month that I, 30 different people. Mm-hmm. And I and didn't get one sale. That way of like coffee chats or something yes, like Yes, coffee that. chats. I was just like, hey, can we get on the phone? I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to get to know you. I didn't have any attachment. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I'm just going to see how I can do this. Let me see what I can produce. So I started thinking like, I don't want to, I don't want to be salesy because mm-hmm. I don't like people selling hard selling to me. But I was open to networking. I was open to chatting. And I thought, well, if I can help them, I'll help them. And if I can't help them, then I'll send them to somebody that can. Or if there's somebody that comes up to me and says, hey, do you know a copywriter? Do you know someone that does video? Do you know someone that does whatever they do? I could refer them. Right. And that worked really well for the first month. I got to know a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And the one of the ladies I met that first month, a year later, she sent me three clients worth 5K each. Wow. Each one. So off of that one conversation, she never hired me off of one conversation. I made $15,000 a year later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the key relationships, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about client attraction, client attraction can start wherever you are. It could even start locally. Mm -hmm. I've got people that go to their local chamber of commerce and just talk to people and offer them free calls or offer them a calculator and, hey, let's look at this together. It comes with a call. I'd mm-hmm. love to talk with you about it. I'd love to help you. Mm-hmm. And being completely unattached to whatever outcome that is. Yeah. yeah. That is a more effective and I think a more elegant way mm-hmm. to sell that actually honors you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it honors your client because it's, it's, an, it's not a graspy, I'm here for myself. It's I'm here for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, it takes the pressure off, right? Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now I, don't get me wrong. I realize that there are folks out here who, like, maybe they're in a situation where um, they're just getting started in their business. Maybe they got, you know, they were laid off from their job and we've got yeah. technical skill and we want to put it to work. And so we've got to generate some income and relatively quickly um, to, you know, survive and, and meet our obligations or whatever. I get that. But the idea of simply talking to people to develop relationships and to deepen uh, your 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 bench, so to speak, in terms of like just the connections that you have, because you never know what's going to happen. I know you and I have been in some groups together, in the you know in the same groups, and um, and I've purchased, I've I've worked with you in in um, at least one of your programs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are going to be other opportunities that I have to work with you in the future, but it didn't happen right away. Right. And it wasn't because I was waiting and watching and proving and all of that. It just wasn't, the timing just wasn't right. And so you have to remember that. And it's, and it, it's like that for, for coaches like you and I, and it's also like that, especially for service providers that are, and then when you talk about service providers in the financial space, there's this level of trust that has to be created and developed. And that even if, if like, if to your point about the young lady who sent you three names, she didn't, she wasn't the person who worked with you, but before people will even refer a financial Mm -hmm. service provider out, like they've got to know that you're trustworthy Mm -hmm. and you're going to do what you say that Mm -hmm. you were going to do. You're going to show up the way you said you were going to show up you're consistent 
all of those kinds of things. And that takes time to develop. And so it's not just let me push this stuff in front of you seven times and I've got 21 days to do it. And at the end of 21 days, if you're not my client, then I'm going to move on to the next person. Right. Right. And I think there that brings up another point too of if you are in kind of a desperate situation, mm-hmm. you can just talk to people and say, hey, I really need help. Do you know of anybody that needs this service right now? I'm getting really good deals right now. And I'd love to know. Or just going out to a local event and just like offering, hey, I'd love to do your books for a month for free. Mm-hmm. And after that, we'll we'll work out a payment. Yeah. You no, know, just just kind of thinking about how could you, how could you go out and give value because you do have to give value on the front end, especially when you are in entrepreneurship. It's not as easy as let's just book a meeting anymore. People are suspect. They don't want a meeting. Mm-hmm. They want to, they want to know what's in it for them. So it's creating the value on the front end, whether that's in let's say your social media posts. If you have a post that's really valuable to your client, then over time, you can have another one and then you have another one. Maybe you go live and you talk a little bit more and maybe you have a calculator they can download. And now all of a sudden you provided so much value on the front end that it makes perfect sense to hire you for your services. But we don't have to think about if you're in a desperate situation, then tell everybody you need help. Like, tell everybody you're, you're available. You, you want to help and you're going to give them a really valuable deal mm-hmm. that can get you rolling and get you some cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I do think one thing that we can get into when we get into sales, sales shouldn't be desperate. Yeah. And that's why I like the word client, the words client attraction. Yeah. Client yeah. attraction is more, I'm going to put this thing out into the universe and then clients are going to come my way. Mm-hmm. I have faith. They're right around the corner. They're waiting to buy from me rather than I have to go down and knock all the doors on every block mm-hmm. from here to you know the next city over. I don't have to knock all the doors down. You might have to do a little bit of door knocking on the front end if you need to create that margin for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you are going about sales in a desperate way, it's easy to read. It's easy to feel on a sales call. You're like, oh, absolutely. But, 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 but I, I, I really, you know, can we just go ahead and make a decision now? Like, you're very frantic. That is felt by your client, which is so, what I see so many of us do when they're being taught to like sell in in the DMs, like, and they they don't they start with that, like. Yes. Just the knock on it's 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 the typical like door knocking, right? Hey, I've got a product, I've got a service. Do you want it? Instead mm-hmm. of having created the need or the or the 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 scenario to where you would knock on someone's door. Hey, I'm right. following up on this thing that we you're already aware of. Right. right. Or even finding out if they need it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love so that. if if somebody's coming up to me and going, hey, you know, I, I I had somebody hop in my DMs one day and say, you need to get rid of your grief and shame. And I was like, have you have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's really not me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe at one point in my life, but not right now. Like yeah. I don't even know where that came from. And so it, it was very invasive to me because it felt like, you know, hey, you need this thing, and that is convinced convincing energy. It's how marketing has always been done. It's like, you're doing things wrong. You need my thing. Don't you want to buy my thing? Here's my thing. 
let me show you my like sham. Well, mm-hmm. let me show you this again mm-hmm. on the, on the chance that you didn't see it the first time. I'm going to tell you how much more you need it now. Yeah. Yeah. That is not really effective anymore. And it's going to become even less effective. How many emails do you open? Like how many emails do you get a day? I'm just going to ask how many oh, emails do you think you get a day? I get at least a hundred emails a day. Okay. How many, how many pieces of direct mail that has been sent by a business mm-hmm. that has been handwritten do you get no. personalized to you? I, I don't think I get very many of those personalized. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what would be more powerful mm-hmm. as a business? If you're thinking along the lines of a business, how are you going to stand out? Are you going to stand out by doing another email that's like, Look at my thing. Here's my thing. Don't you worry about my thing. Here's my free thing. Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be more effective, possibly, to do a little direct mail, to do a little handwritten notes? Yeah. What would be more effective? It would be more effective to personalize something and connect with someone on a personal level. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So one is very convincing energy is doing the same thing everybody else is doing. And also the emails that you get when you open them up, do you open up very many of them? Cause I don't No, I just, they all go into a folder and then at certain points of the month, they just get, they just get deleted, right? Yeah. So uh, most people's open rates for their email is, is pretty low, mm-hmm. right? Some people have higher rates. That's okay. But the content of the email, mm-hmm. if it is convincing energy, it is not effective anymore. Okay. It's just not effective. So we've got to, we've got more work to do. We've got, we have to be uh, more creative. Well, and y'all introverts, like this is your thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like really, you know, deep intimate, conversations and deep conversations. Yes. You don't want to do the small talk. So why not talk to your clients, right? Why not talk to your people like they're, you care, like yeah. you, they're your friends and you want to help them because you should. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing. Like you shouldn't just want to sell to people. You should want to help them. Yeah. But if that's not the predominant factor in your mind going into it, it's going to be hard to get people on board as a client. If all you're doing is thinking, I need to sell, I need to sell, I need to sell. Right. How can you maybe move over to this place where I want to help? Who can I help today? And that's a different take that rather than being kind of salesy, mm-hmm. but this is your superpower, like introverts. Unite. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. your homes. And, and, and see it as a strength <laughs> instead of a weakness or this thing yes. that's holding us back. But really yes. see it as the as the strength that it really, really is and make it work for us. Right. So, yeah. So maybe you could call a local place and say, Hey, I don't know you're using it for your accounting, but I would love to do your accounting this month for free and just show you what we can do. And then if they say yes, then you could send them a handwritten note, how grateful you are and how, luck, how lucky that you feel that you're working with a local business and how important this is that we keep the money in our economy. And I mean, there's so many things that you could do that would be very sincere, right, that would right. feel differently to your client too, because we're all tired of it. Yeah. And that's why I love the idea, the thought of offering something like a calculator or some sort of review or something like that um, is always, it's always going to land in a good spot, right? I'll I'll have spreadsheets. I know you do. 
Yeah, you got spreadsheets in, in everywhere. You got Excel, you got Google Sheets, they're ev- all over your computer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of those could be very, very useful to a client. And you could say, hey, you, by the way, I offer a free call to help you understand how to use it. Would yes. you like a free call? And they're going to go, well, yes, I'd love a free call. I don't want to have time. To, I don't have time to learn this. Mm-hmm. Terrific. When can we talk? Can we talk tomorrow or Thursday? What would be best for you? Let me set it up. Just that, just that, I don't want to say easy, but just that it feels very, it feels light, right? It doesn't feel heavy or it doesn't feel pressure filled or anything like that. So I just think that there's a way to do it in flow and you know what I mean? Like not just, not this pressure, pressure, pressure. So this is, this is so, 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 so good. Um, So we talked briefly about, you know, the fact that I had worked with you in some of your programs. And this has been such a good conversation. Can we talk just for a moment about how you work with clients um, as a, as a coach, as a client attraction specialist, strategist, coach, how do you work with clients and help them get to the other side of some of these challenges that we have? Well, I have, I have two programs. I have a kind of an elevated program that's it's invite only. It, you need to be at a certain level already because it's high ticket. Mm-hmm. So if you've not had a ton of clients yet, it's not really for you, but I do have one coming out. I'm almost ready. It's almost ready to launch. Uh, it's called Velocity, but it's basically getting you to 10K months in a in a way that suits your personality type. So mm-hmm. it actually uses, I, I created some client attraction archetypes. It's kind of like, I don't know, the disc, or if you've ever taken Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. or something like that, but there's only four. Mm-hmm. So you kind of pick the one that you feel most affinity with. And then we, we select some methods for you that are going to be good for you to do in lead generation mm-hmm. and in creating value and creating value can be anything from creating conversations to social media content to direct mail. Right. And then the third thing is a sale, your sales process. So how do you get people on the phone? How do you get them to say yes on the phone in a way that's not pushy? Mm-hmm. So in more of a diagnostician mm-hmm. formula mm-hmm. where you're the expert and then getting them to the yes on the call or a decision on the call. Mm-hmm. So that that's the, the format of the program is it's going to be six months, but it's basically helping you get to those sustainable 10K months mm-hmm. and that it moves your price up as well. So once you start selling, we move your price up slowly, but surely so that you are not taking on. 15 clients a month for 10 K, but you have, it's a, it's a balance, right? Yeah. So there's a little bit more work on the front end, but on the back end, it becomes easier for you and then sustainable and sustainability is the biggest problem because you can get to 10 K and and then they (laughs) either burn out or they can't get there again. Yeah. So they yeah. go back down and then they're, it's like feast famine, feast famine. Yeah. And it's yeah. getting that sustainable, sustainable months. Yeah. So that is coming out. I don't have it quite ready yet. And it's, it's called velocity, there. right? Yes. Call velocity. Um, you can 
also go to, I have a website that I have a download about higher end clients and how to attract those clients. So you just sign up right on my website and that's leanheil.com, L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N-H-E-I-L.com. And we'll and put that in the show notes. Right there on the homepage. Yeah. So you can sign up right then and then there'll be an invite to come to my Facebook group, which is where I mostly hang out. And once you come to the Facebook group, then you'll be able to get a bunch of trainings. I do trainings every month. I do at least an hour masterclass every month on some kind of client attraction or making money mm-hmm. or uh, having an offer that can sell at a higher price point. Tomorrow, I'm doing a masterclass on, uh, and I don't know what you're doing when you're promoting this this okay. podcast episode, but uh, I've got a trends masterclass mm-hmm. that is all about the trends of people that are buying now okay, based on the big consulting firms and the focus groups that they use, those research firms. Okay. So I take a lot of their information and I sort of ruminate on it a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I come out with predictions and the predictions, I do these twice a year and I'm always right. Love it. Love it. And <laughs> and we won't, obviously, if the, the episode right. won't launch before the masterclass. Um, but they can I come and get attending. I'm actually planning to attend. So I'll see you again tomorrow. Well, okay. So Every maybe we could also maybe get you the link of, of the, of the yeah, masterclass so people could go watch it because I'll be uploading it to YouTube too. So I think that it will be good for anybody who is trying to figure out the marketing and sales landscape and client attraction landscape for the next six to eight months, mm-hmm. it's going to be dicey out there. Mm-hmm. It already has started becoming that way. And even depending on when someone is listening to this, even if it's well beyond that time period, mm-hmm. it's it's good to um, become aware of this type of information because it just tells you the types of things that we need to be a, you know, cognizant of and thinking mm-hmm. about as we are developing our strategies around um, building out our client roster and, and and what our marketing is going to look like for a particular time period. So I, I love that. And I absolutely adore when you started talking about how you're um, talking about the client attraction archetypes. And we we do something very similar. Uh-huh. We, I have um, what's called the Revenue Rockstar Quiz. It's it's one of our three magnets. And what it does is based on archetypes, it really helps bookkeepers determine like where their strengths are in, in terms of what service specifically they could be offering, what financial service, right? So everybody, you, they think of like bookkeepers as this these generalists. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all well and good, but- I'm a firm believer of specialization and not just niching down, but specializing in a particular area um, as you grow and as you develop and like going deeper. And so that's our quiz. So when you start talking about like DISC and Myers-Briggs, like we we do all of that. Like uh, we talk about strengths and we talk about the strengths finder. That's one of my favorites. Um, So yeah, so you guys need to connect with Leanne because she's about the (laughs) business. I love it. I love it. I love it. I I love Strengths Finder. Strategic, you know, enough because again, us logical, literal, linear thinkers, we we just thrive in that type of environment when we have that type of data. And then when Mm -hmm. you talk about trends, when we have, we love data, like we love getting our fingers, you know, uh, dirty with data. And so this is really going to be good. I'd love it if we can get the link um, 
you know, to the recording or something like that. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Kind of I'll... check it out and then follow you on um, all the socials and join your, what's the name of your Facebook group? It's called Clients Cash and Credibility. And I also have a podcast of the same name. So if you're inclined, I tell a lot of stories. So it, like most of, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller. I like mm-hmm. to tell stories and then I have a little point, but then I have a lesson after the story. So I'll tell a story to make a point and then I'll go into whatever we're going to be talking about. So it's all kinds of things like client experience, how to attract high ticket clients, what, you know, what kind of content to do, what, what type of things to do on sales calls, what's going on on a sales call in your client's mind and in your own mind. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of great information in there that is, uh, I think, very helpful to people. Um, And then, you know, obviously come to my Facebook group because I do all my new trainings are in there. And I'll, I do these trends videos about once uh, like I'll do one like in October, November, and then I usually do one in February, March okay. to predict the new kind of the new year. And it's just, it. it's, it's a really great way to sort of be on the front end of things instead of reacting. You're understanding why things are going on. So you're not in a tizzy. It, it does help relax our minds and keep our nervous systems in check because otherwise we start thinking, well, I'm doing all these things. And they're not working. And so therefore I'm doing something wrong, Yep. but it may not be working for anybody else in the industry either. They're just not being forthcoming. Right. And we need to listen to them because you are, like you said, you've been spot on. And so we need to hear these trends right straight from you. So I'm loving it. I'm excited about this next one. We'll make sure that we share it with everybody. This has been such a great conversation. I love talking Thank to you so much. I really appreciate you having me on, Kimberly. And I'm uh, I'm excited to talk with your people because I, I want people to get excited about attracting clients and about being in, I don't know if it's in service to the client. It's more like you're thinking about how can I help? Right. How can I, can I help you? Right. Because we get so, and I know we could talk forever and I'm, I, I promise you I'll wrap this up, but <laughs> we can get so bogged down into like, again, the data and the numbers. And that's all we tend to think about when we think about our clients when in this space, right? All we think about is what the books look like, um, what's been done, what's disorganized, what fixes need to happen in the books, right? In the financial statements. We don't always think about the connection to the person behind the books. And I will give you a sneak peek like into my thing tomorrow that 78% of people that bought from a company that had personalization attached to them bought again. Yeah. Yeah. So personalization is the way of the future and it's not going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So it's just a kind of like a little sneak peek. <laughs> so, so much goodness from the whole knowing who you're talking to by talking to a bunch of people up front mm-hmm. to understanding what, how to attract those people, right? What you want to think about when you um, think about who it is you want to attract into your space and then how to kind of guide them down this pathway of Three time, three touch points, seven touch points, ten, whatever touch, many touch points it takes, but helping them along the way. So this has just been such an amazing conversation. And I'll, if you have to listen to this conversation multiple times, I highly encourage you to do so because 
there are gems like in here. So I cannot wait for this episode to go live. And I just encourage all of our listeners to listen to this multiple times because we get so caught up on just tell me the things to do. And I'm just going to, you know, send out X number of emails or DMs X number of people every single day instead of focusing on building the relationship. And that's why I love talking with you, Leanne. This has been so awesome. I'm so, I'm so glad you invited me and I really appreciate it today. Thank you so much. So you guys check the show notes. We'll share all of the links that we talked about in today's episode. And um, we hope to see you on the next one. Uh, as always, be proactive, be productive and be profitable. And we'll see you next time. Ciao for now. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate, subscribe and leave us a positive review. This will help other virtual bookkeepers like you find the show and learn how they can become a bookkeeper CEO too. And if you want to hear more from me, be sure to follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels, or you can simply search hashtag bookkeeper basecamp. And don't forget, you can always come hang out with us over in the free bookkeeper basecamp Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. So that's it for this episode. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable, and we'll see you next time.